Sandbox. Y'all notice anything different? Do y'all notice anything different? Right. Okay, so for my new viewers, my name is Aisha. I'm going to be the host of this episode. And for my returning viewers, we have a very special segment. It's going to be the Women of Sandbox, WSB. Woo, woo, woo. Ready. Okay, my name is Ashaki. My name is Cam. My name is Tom. And how did you two get introduced to the Sandbox today? Um, I'm just kind of around for the most part. And one day Aiden was just like, hey, you want to speak on the Sandbox? And I was like, why not? Absolutely. What about you, Cam? Jared took some impromptu pictures for me at the Black and White Gala. <laughs> <laughs> He was cool, folks, and he. I told him to send them to me on Instagram, and then a few like days later, I think he texted me and was like, "Do you want to be on the segment? I think you'd be a good fit." And I was like, "Sure." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, so we're just gonna jump right into it. So for this segment, Women of Sandbox, we're just gonna talk about the nuances of being a woman and just basically the trials and tribulation of womanhood. Um, the first topic that we're going to segue into is going to be hypersexuality of black women and black children. Let's hear it. Yeah. Okay, so personally, um, I believe that black children, girls specifically, aren't really given a chance to kind of be a child. You know, mm-hmm. when you're younger, I want to say elementary school, there's always that experience of you can't get lip gloss or you can't straighten your hair because you're going to be too fast, too grown. You can't get red because it's too grown. I feel like like it's just because red is a passionate color. It is a very strong color. But I I also think that, like, you know how they would get us those heels, they would get us those those plastic, yeah, the fake makeup kits. I was like, they they was prepping us at a young age to kind of, like, grow up faster than we had to grow up. But at the same time, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's so crazy that you said it's a passionate color because I never thought about it like that, but mm-hmm. my grandma used to say that's a prostitute in a color. And it's always so weird because what is that? Like, like it's just yeah, red. It's, yeah, it's just a color. I also <laughs> agree. It's, it's older black women trying to tell you that how you want to express yourself is improper or, like, mm-hmm. inappropriate. When when you look around, it's only that way because you're black. Nobody's telling white women or white girls you can't have red yeah, nails. Yeah. Nobody yeah. is telling them that red is a prostitute color. Mm-hmm. Why is red a prostitute color when it's associated with us? You I know what I mean? I think honestly, they've been so conditioned to, like, that's just how we get treated and that's what it is. Yeah. They're, like, yeah. very hyper aware of don't do this because we don't want them to sexualize you, mm-hmm. hypersexualize you, because we know it's going to happen. Like, right. So we got to... Yeah, like, yeah. I'm trying to save you type junk. But what does that matter at the same time? What do they have to do with you at it's all? It's generational trauma. Like yeah, but I get that. But at, but at some point, something in you got to be like, why can't I wear the color red? Why can't I wear the color red? And if they can wear the color red, then I feel like I should feel comfortable in the color red. And even if they have said that you shouldn't be comfortable in the color red, something in you should just, it's I can just, wear the color red. It's just we. Like, it don't always work like parent, that. It's mm-hmm. like. That's how it should be, but, like, if something actually happens to your kid because mm-hmm. of the way people perceive the color red or, like, black kids in general, you got to deal with that at the end of the day. Yeah. Also, I think it's just, like, it's just something that people told them. My mama told me because her mama told her and her mama told yeah. her. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, that why That generation is stuff being passed like, down, why yeah. why are you still, like, bro, streetlights? <laughs> right. I think it's just the innocence of being a child. You question everything when you're a kid because you're literally in your purest form. You're, 
social norms are not affecting you. You haven't learned them yet. They haven't kind of impressed themselves onto you yet. So that's when you are curious and you want to know why things the way they are. But as you get older and you have all these people in your life telling you how you need to function and how you need to behave and what colors you need to wear and how you need to dress, you just kind of accept it because when you asked why, you never really got a true why. Exactly. So it's literally just social conditioning. I mm-hmm. and I think social conditioning definitely. I'm gonna let you go. No, 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 it's okay. But social conditioning and it's just like we a different generation. We think of stuff completely like we ask completely different. They mm-hmm. didn't ask questions. It was just because that's what it was, and we like no, but why? Mm-hmm. And, and why is it not? And why ain't y'all doing nothing? Mm-hmm. About it? I get that, and I feel like we internalize things like. I get slavery. I get. I understand all the trauma we didn't been through. But I was like, like, like I was saying before. I feel like somebody. I, well, as we can see with the different advocates for the like human rights and just different things, I feel like we already have someone saying, "Why can't we?" I feel like fear. Since fear is already instilled in you as you grow up, that's what is kind of holding everybody back. The fear of, the fear of being classified as a prostitute. I feel like you getting your money. <laughs> I I'm actually just don't like sex work. I I used to think like, hey, if, if that's what you want to do and that's how you get your money, go ahead. But I kind of grew to realize that, especially being like a racialized person, mm-hmm. you are extremely fetishized, and it puts you in a world where you're really at risk to be hurt, like genuinely yeah. hurt. Someone could stalk you, find your IP address, find you, and kill you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So that's why sex I don't really like sex real. work. Sex trafficking is real. Like, people don't understand. Like, it's not a game. It's not something that just happens on the internet. Like, we yeah. live right by Kent Creek, right by the airport. Maybe you have snatching. to be careful. You get going snatched to at the airport. You have your passport on you, too. Oh, yeah. They'll take gone. everything like, with you. You're gone. Like, you have to be careful out here. I feel like sometimes when I'm around, like, my cousins and stuff, because they live in Mississippi, New Orleans, like, South Georgia. When they come here, I'll be like, y'all cannot do stuff like that. Like, you can't. Like, even living in a big city, if there's no major airport by you, it's not the same sense of, oh, my God, something can really happen to me. Mm-hmm. We live right by an airport. I remember in middle school when they was, te- like, I don't know if y'all parents did this, but I couldn't go to Camp Creek by myself and just walk around with my friends. Like, I couldn't do that. I couldn't yeah. go to the mall because they was like, people are really going missing out here. Like, this junk is not a game. And, like, being a black girl is so scary because if you go missing, people might not care. They're not they going to so care. It's, like, it's really serious for us. Like, we have to be careful. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. Oh, wait, I can't. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so, basically, I feel like with the they don't care situation, I have had an experience recently where um, something happened to me, and I said something about it finally after it happened to me. And I was like, okay, I said something. I'm supposed to feel good, but I don't feel good because ain't nothing happening and of course i'm like okay eventually something will but nothing nothing has happened and it's okay that nothing has happened but it's not okay that nothing has happened right yeah i feel like because situations like that are so common with black girls they kind of just brush it off like if you Mm -hmm. ask anybody at the school they'd be like oh me too me too me too and it's like insane and these people are still here talking about going back to middle school we've been saying we've had weird teachers yep we're and teachers. We're it don't even matter. Teachers, administrators, boys in class, being strange. And then but we be like, yeah, like, yeah. But I also feel like low-key, people, I don't, I don't know about this, but, like, they get protected. Like, they get protected a lot. Like, people yeah. have it happen. Yeah. They yes. don't say anything, and they don't say nothing to the next person or yeah. somebody they don't know, and then it happens again. 
I agree, and I hate that so much because yeah. it's like it's not really my place to go and advocate for you because you're obviously not comfortable with it. But at yeah. the same time, for the sake of you and for the sake of other and people, like you should vocalize step, it. Like, I can't even really tell you. Like, just like in general, it's like you're allowing that to happen to another person. Like, it's not your fault, but like, there's stuff you can do, and I feel like people are afraid of being ostracized for actually saying something about it. But. Mm-hmm. Who's it really benefiting? It's that fear, right. though. I it swear is. it's I really, fear. It is fear. I really struggle with understanding it. I'm not going to lie because, like, I get it because everybody's feelings impacts them differently. But because I'm such a I really don't care what people think about me kind yeah. of person, it's kind of just like I would still say something. Because at the end of the day, you saying something could make it, like, stop it from happening to somebody else. Yeah. And I'm willing to put, I'm really to put myself on the line if that means ain't nobody else got to go through what I had to But you got to think about that. Like, the going back to how you grew up and how everything was kind of structured for you. Everything was structured for you, but you found your way outside of that structure. You were taught different things, but even being taught those things, you kind of, like, worked your way out of it because it's like, I see why you're saying this, but you're not telling me why you're saying this. So I'm going to go find my own answers. And once you did find your own answers, it led you to being the I don't care and they not going to listen, but I'm going to still say it because if I don't say it, then I'm internalizing everything and it's my fault and everything that has happened to me is my fault. And this is, it's your fault because you still ain't said, like, you know. That's what I like about our generation. Like, we do try to kind of put ourselves outside of the box and outside of, like, the social conditioning and kind of seek things for ourselves. Yeah. I do like that about our generation as well. It's just a lot of weird comments, though, like, from the older generation. <gasps> yeah. Uh, but it's because like, oh they think God. it's normal, though. Yeah. It's because they think it's normal. I mean, yeah, I get that, but, like, an uncomfortable experience is still going to be uncomfortable. I don't get how they're like, oh, you shouldn't be saying that, and you shouldn't. Like, just, like, after certain things happen, they'll be like, oh, you shouldn't put that on the Internet, and that's your personal business, but it's like. Sometimes it's meant to be out there for a reason. Sometimes yeah. you are meant to be an example. Should have to go through that. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like when you are put in that moment of this is happening to me, uh, I don't know what to do about it. I feel like that should be the moment. Well, even even if it's after that moment, that should be the moment when it's like, okay, this happened to me for a reason. Not to say that I'm going to accept it at any like, okay, this is my fault. Because you don't have to take it on as a burden. You can take it on as, okay, this happened to me, and I'm going to push it back out, and it's going to be positive, and this not going to happen to you because I already protected you from it. And it doesn't have to be a power thing. It could just be a... It might be a power. Okay, it might be a power power thing. But like like control. Yeah. To control. And like, I learned... You can't, you can't do that. Like, you have to let go of control. Mm-hmm. You try to keep control of everything, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Mm-hmm. You can only do what you can do. Worrying about it after that happened ain't going to change. Ain't going to change like nothing. You just have to let it go. take it in stride, move mm-hmm. on, try to, try to work it out. I'm not saying, let's talk about, like, how as not even just, like, black women, black people, period. We feel like we have to internalize so many things, like, and we shouldn't talk about it. So, like, when I say, like, take it in stride, move on, I don't mean, like, hold it in because we have a habit of doing that. Like, it's more than just a habit. It's a lifestyle. Find another way to work through it or release it or something. Like, don't punish yourself with something that happened to you that was out of your control. Poetry. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I put, uh, 
I think, I don't know how many friends. I think, like, five friends on the poetry. Aisha was one of them. But I was like, Aisha, she, I don't know. I'm pretty sure she had it in her mind already. I know how to write because Aisha knows how to write. It could be an essay. She going to get man, it done. Man, man. She going to get it <laughs> yeah, done. Should, in middle school, we used, we used to be like, it was like me, her, and Mercedes were all really smart. Oh, we oh, I'm already doing. with each other. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about writing. I had classes with her in middle school. I had yeah. law with her. Like, it was always me and Aisha. But it, and it's not even, I'm glad that was and a, like a negative competition for you. I'm glad yeah. that was like a. I really I love, love that you could do that. Yeah, I love that you could do that. But I was saying like I got them on the poetry because I was like, this is something that helps me. And this is, I I was like I almost yelled at you, but instead of yelling at you, I just wrote a poem and I got it out and it just helped me completely. It didn't even have to be about that topic. I just wrote it because I felt like. It. It is a healthy release, I swear. Okay, can I share this poem with y'all? Yeah. Of course. Okay, 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 okay. Um, so I was talking about the situation. There was a woman who told me that I should um cover myself up because the way men look at me and the way men are going to look at me. But I feel like even if I was to wear a big hoodie and some leggings and some Crocs, a man would be looking at me. A woman could be looking at me. Anybody could still be looking at me. So the name of the poem is Cover Yourself. I don't like being told cover up. I hate that as a young woman who was blessed with, blessed with genetics, she didn't ask for it. She is told to cover up. Instead of asking a young woman to hire her beautiful body, teach the young men how to keep their hands to themselves. Teach the youth boundaries, respect for themselves and others. With your daughter, you groom them. With your daughters, you groom them, telling them not to walk around in too revealing clothes because the man you're letting into your home is a predator. You're telling her that if she's if she dressed more modest, good things are bound to come true. But her graphic design teacher named Drew already knew what he would do if his if his dreams came true. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. You're telling her that if she dresses more modest, good things are bound to come true. But her graphic design teacher named Drew already knew what he would do if his dreams about her came true. A lady whose name remains unknown wants to show some child who isn't her own how to tame her parts. How is her not knowing your fault? Or even fathers, the other half of you, imagine what he would do. I'm tired of being told cover up. That young man you're raising knows nothing. You cradle him, shielding him from any pain, protecting him from all consequences, fighting all his battles, but carrying the band-aids on hand. Now your daughter almost never gets respect from a man. You'd much, you'd much rather protect a man, but not what you have created. Be ashamed. Why is it that as a woman, I must wear big, big shirts and pants twice my size in order to still get hurt? Do you know what that does to her? Accepting the devil into your home is telling her that it is okay for them to lay their hands. I'm tired of being told cover up. Not only have they undressed me with their eyes, they have opened a portal to a spiraling world called my mind, causing confusion in my brain because why, as a mother, are you telling me things like this is okay? I once had an, another woman tell me, I love your body, but you should cover it, empowering me just to knock me down. She whispered to me, I'd hate for someone to misuse your heavenly fortress. She said she knows the ways of the world. I should have known she didn't know much because why is another woman telling me to cover up? Cover yourself. Yeah. It's, it's a really good poem. And I loved it when you sent it to me. I really think you thank you, thank you, thank page. you. 
actually, I was like, I wasn't emotional when I was writing it. I was actually real, like, passionate. passionate. I was telling y'all after, well, after the situation happened, I was like, oh, my God, I could do something with this. At first, I was like, I'm okay. But then I was like, I'm not okay. And and I was okay with not being okay, but I wanted to to be okay because I'm like, you're, you're better than this. You're stronger than this. Like, girl, what's up with you? So I was just writing and writing and writing. It. And at first, I was like, dang, I'm tired of writing poems about sexual assault. I'm tired of writing poems about people getting hurt. But at the same time, this is normal. This is classified as normal. This is all you see. So this is what you need to be writing about. Or it, it doesn't have to be what you need to be writing about. Really but, your but yeah, like writing out how you feel, changing your experience. So I feel like it did help me. So I do feel like y'all should get the writing if y'all not writing already. <laughs> yeah, you cry if you write a good poem. I definitely think if I, because I'm very artsy, I've always been into all things arts, music, mm-hmm. paintings, drawings. Tattoos, like I want a lot of tattoos. I love <laughs> art, and I just feel like if you look at your body like a canvas, why not use it? And that's really what that's really what that's I real want. though. Because I love art, but like poetry in middle school is when I started listening to it for real. I watched the like slam poetry, yeah, the YouTube. clips, yeah. Oh my gosh, like I would definitely be like one of not angry, but really passionate, and you would hear it in my voice mm-hmm. because when I talk about things that I just feel like it's like an uh. It's about civil injustice. It's just like, mm-mm. yeah, that's what we're not gonna do. I'm right. still mm-hmm. trying to teach myself how to like, how to actually feel what I'm writing about. Cause, right, even when I was talking, I think it was kind of like it was overwhelming. Cause it's like you want to be more aggressive and more passionate about what you're saying, but I feel like my words in itself is already like aggressive enough. So it's like I don't want to be too. But then at the same time, yeah. that's yeah, that's like I'm the so, experience. Yeah, though, that's like, the experience I'm supposed to. Yeah, I'm supposed to be doing you know those things. So. Trying to teach myself better. I feel like people don't be expecting women to be angry about our situation. They and don't. They, they expect us to just like accept be it for what it is. Yeah, exactly. You're labeled as like the angry black woman. Mm-hmm. Start talking about that's it. what I was gonna say because you, you're over here in fear of like seeming too angry when that's the whole that's social yeah. conditioning yeah. thing Point. that like, I'm talking about. It's enraging. Like sometimes. All the time. Like, just not being able to do simple things, like feel emotions, which mm-hmm. is literally part of the human experience. The human experience, like. yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to be able to go around. And I'll be telling my male friends that, too, because I, I never, like, um, mm, discount them. This What is it? What word am I? Discredit. Discredit. Um, what is the word when they're not a part of? There is something going on, but they're not a part of it. Uh, exclude. 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 That was the word. Girl, you were indeed. I know. <laughs> I know. So I never want to exclude them. So I'll tell them, yeah, write a poem, experience your feelings, tell, be sad, cry, uh, do everything you need to do. Because even as a black woman, they'd be like, oh, yeah, you, you have the time to be intimate. You have the time to be sad. But then if you really were to experience the black woman, then... It, it really doesn't give you enough time to be sad. Be, it doesn't give you enough time just to, to be, be emotionally intelligent in general. Yeah, it doesn't. And I'm not saying that it's just women, but I'm just saying, like, you can't think of it as, I'm a man, I can't be sad. You can, but it's like, if you want to be, you can't be. You don't have to be sad all the time, but if you want to be, you can be. You just have mm-hmm. to fight for that sadness that you want. Yeah. Or those feelings that you want, you know. Okay, so it seems like that's the end of the... <laughs> we went all over the, the Yeah, we covered on about three of the subjects that we did want to speak on. Okay. So I think the next one is just kind of BBL culture mm. and how that affects us as a people. Yeah, we just watched a video with Jada. Jada Waiter. Jada Waiter. 
We ain't gonna say too much though. But she, yeah, no shade, no shade. No shade. I'm also she not trying cute. to get sued. So. Yeah, not trying to get sued. <laughs> she was cute though. But I just wanted to say that BBL culture kind of if you kind of look back to the time of like video vixens and they did kind of have that curvaceous Coke bottle figure, mm-hmm. but they had the tummy. Yeah. You know what I mean? They had yeah. fat in other places, but I think now it's kind of grown into no fat. You just have big breasts or just like a big butt. It's, it's Yes, it's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And that kind of affects us because BBL culture started with the Kardashians because they were trying to emulate black women. Right. And then next thing you know, everybody's trying to be like us and we're expected to kind of fit this box mm-hmm. of like curvature. Mm-mm. Um, <laughs> well, like I talk about on every episode where we bring up uh, body dysmorphia or not liking our bodies or just anything dealing with wanting to change me. I do have issues in terms of standing in the mirror and being like, oh, I like this. I love this. What's going on? Because that time to be like, dang, that girl on Instagram, she was she was looking like no stomach, but boobs, no boobs. It was it was looking good. I want that for myself. And then I'll be like, uh, do you want that for yourself? Or do you see that and you like that? And that you was just influenced by that, but in the wrong way. I don't mm-hmm. know. Did that influence you to hate yourself or love yourself more? I was like, I don't know. And it's not even that them changing their bodies is a problem. It's how you feel when you are changing your body mm-hmm. or what makes you want to change your body yes. in, in that way. Like, I don't want to go get a BBL because this man didn't like me because my butt didn't sit up. Right. I mm-hmm. don't want to get a BBL for somebody else. If I'm getting a BBL, it's because I want the BBL. <laughs> it's because right. I want the BBL and... Yeah, nobody else wanted that for me or or pushed that on to me, you know. And I have an aunt who has a BBL and a stomach, and I was telling her I wanted to work out, and she was like, what you mean work out? I was like, what you mean work out? Work out. Like, I, I don't want to just, you know, have to go up a size in my pants because cause, you know, I don't want to do that. Like, because I decided to get this, this big butt it's better for your pocket too yeah like I, I don't want to do that maybe I just want to work out and I like the experience I like natural things like and I'm not saying I'm please please I'm not saying don't go get a BBL do what you want but I'm saying I like the the natural experience feel the pain of working out if you feel the pain of working out or waking up and being like dang I just did 200 squats and I ain't never had a, I ain't never felt like this. It's just a good feeling. So I feel like, I don't know. I want that natural feeling and that natural, I did just go work out. Right. I did just do that. Yeah, it feels it great. Like, it is. Being an ex-athlete, when I stopped, like, sports completely, like, I didn't do anything, and I touched in with, like, always liking the artistic thing and mm-hmm. stuff like that, I still liked working out because I like the exercise that I get from my sports. Mm-hmm. I didn't really too much... I wasn't in love with the sport. I loved working out. Mm-hmm. And so, like, after I stopped doing sports, I still worked out and everything. And I don't know, it's just different for me, the confidence I get from working out, the release it is. I'm a person where, like, it doesn't take much to make me mad or irritate me. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to be mean and go off on people. Mm-hmm. So I kind of hold it in, like, exercise is a good release And then that. take that out at the gym. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I bet that'd be good for you. Did At any point, did you ever, like, start to, like, not like your body or go through any type of, like, withdrawals of not working out for a little while? I work out on and off. I'm currently in the stage of working out again because mm-hmm. I had stopped for mm-hmm. a really long time. But the th- the plus about working out, though, I've seen, like, people who get BBLs, you have to go to the gym to keep it up because if you go get it done and you keep going back to the same habits, you're going to need a second You're going to need a mm-hmm. second one. 
and with working out, if you stop, you don't start seeing the change if you stop working out for a while. Oh, God. I hadn't worked out in months. I'm just now seeing, like, a mm-hmm. little things change that I don't like. And I'm like, okay, we need to get back in the yeah, gym. Yeah, like, yeah. But it stayed for literally, like, eight months. That's great. Like, yeah. it literally stayed for eight months, and I wasn't doing anything. Like, just keeping up with my eating. That's literally it. I feel like that's a plus. And mm-hmm. all in all, it's just better. Healthier lifestyle. Healthier lifestyle. Sometimes, I know this has nothing to do with women, but I feel like, we are spiritual beings and zipped up in a shell of, of meat. And I, <laughs> and I really do feel like, I don't know, like sometimes our experiences are like, I don't know. I don't know where that came from, but that just. You were on a roll, though. Yeah, I was on a roll, but I feel like, yeah, the, yeah just the, this, this oh, like how you feel, all your emotions are just wrapped up in this colorful glowing something and there are certain days and certain moments when you have this like this I don't know this happiness or this peace with yourself and you was talking about the anger and your release being being exercising and and when you are experiencing that anger I feel like that's also like your spirit I don't feel like your shell does anything for real outside of protect Mm -hmm. it's protect like i feel like your shell is like the vessel if Other that makes sense yeah. Mm-hmm. like yeah all it's for. i feel like it's just for protection so i feel like you the, are not your physical appearance you are some you are something aside from that and people attach themselves too much to their bodies amen <laughs> i feel like we are spiritual entities and we just are experiencing humanity that's what I feel like it is. Mm-hmm. I just think that as far as BBL culture goes, it's hard for both sides of the spectrum. Women who are thicker, they're just kind of asked to fit these expectations, especially mm-hmm. attitude-wise. People think that because you're curvier, they're entitled to more of you. Mm-hmm. And because you were kind of raised with that societal pressure, you do have moments in time where you kind of have your, like, sexual awakening or you're showing a little bit more skin xyz Mm -hmm. because the world is just telling you because you look this way you kind of have to or when you are on the smaller side you feel pressure to find a way to gain weight or get bigger Mm -hmm. so you can fit what society deems as attractive and i think the worst part about it especially with social media is that bodies are becoming trends like lip filler and botox and what you take in and take out is becoming a trend. And not everybody has that type of money to be able to just yeah. change how they look every five years. You know what I mean? Right. So I think and it's very damaging. You start getting into more dangerous activities like eating disorders and stuff like that to try and maintain that, especially with the younger audience. And But the thing is, they don't realize it. And I feel like technology plays a huge role in our like mental illness rates and I know that like (laughs) and I know that like TikTok is tick man when I tell you TikTok changed the world when it it did during quarantine TikTok changed the perspective on women the perspective on men the perspective on every single thing on every on on so many different like spectrums like it changed so much and it and it changed in a good way but it also changed in a bad way because now you see our, our generation is so socially awkward. Like sitting, like we're sitting here holding a conversation. We have awkward moments, but it's still a you saying something, I'm saying something, everybody's saying something. But I promise you, like sitting in a room with people, they'll have a 
you finna be like this. Yeah. Girl, I don't want to When you feel uncomfortable, you, you pick yeah, up your you phone pick up to your see what phone, time it is. Or you're like, is. going through apps to see if you have yeah. a notification. Yeah, I do agree that with mm-hmm. kind of social media technology, just everything, um, it does kind of leave you less social. Just in general, like you don't know how to talk to people. You never really learned because you grew up in an age where you could just talk to people with your phone, with your iPad, etc. Yeah. My sister's going to be an iPad kid. I'm so sad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sad. Like when she comes over, like, well, let me not say that because they do my dad. Um, she's my sister on my dad's side. She, they do this thing where, like, we couldn't watch TV during the weekdays when we were over there. Yeah. If we went to my mom's house. And so since she, like, lives there full time, like, that's her life. Mm-hmm. Like, no TV on weekdays, only on weekends, like, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I feel that's like that's I good. I feel like you, it's good, though, because. You need a balance. I wasn't a TV kid. We didn't, like, we had electronics in our generation, y'all, but it wasn't as bad as it is. Oh, now. no, it's like, not that bad. It that cocoa no melon, as soon as you can <laughs> open your eyes, it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> and then they be singing no, it and they be addicted to it. I don't know what is in that show, but it is something with that show. Mm-hmm. And it's so like, what even is it? Do they teach them anything? No. They do like, the, yes and no. They do a little sensory thing. But the, yeah. How many black kids? But I think it also ruins show? your attention span. Like, it's literally proven that, that technology <laughs> has ruined our attention span. No, definitely. It really has. The faster we get it, the easier we get bored. Like, you can wait like a good five minutes back in the day for something to start up. And now it's like 30 seconds and you irritate it. You want to Not even 30. Well, it's not even 30. Like, tap my phone. It don't come on. Tap it again. Don't come on. Like, what's going on? Yeah. And, like, have you ever watched somebody's technology die in the hand? They start tweaking for real. They start tweaking out big time. And I'm like. Oh, my God. I'm sitting in my teacher's classroom because I don't have a second period. And I'm watching how the 10th graders acting. And I'm just like, what is going on? My teacher's like, okay, we have a test. I'm about to collect phones. They hiding their phones. They cutting their volumes. I'm just like, what is going on? Like, they're panicking so much. And I'm like, it's okay to be without your phone. I promise you it is because once once that thing explodes or once the world ends and we in an apocalypse, baby, that can't that phone cannot save you. <laughs> Colin Johnny can't first, save you. The either. first thing to stop working is gonna be electricity. It's right. gonna be literally, literally. That's the first thing that's gonna stop working. Hey man, we won't be. I won't be here. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is wild. I really pray to God that I'm not alive for that moment. Yeah, no. I'm gonna be one of the first people to die. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I'm not going to be. I ain't going to be able to save me for long. I don't know. <laughs> I think I just take care of business before it gets too bad. Because <laughs> yeah, I, no. I know I can't. I can't even start a fire. I'm not I'm not <laughs> struggling. What reason do I have to be here? Okay. <laughs> Fine, food. You got to go catch your own food. I'm toast. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I barely know how to make toast. Are you serious? No, it was a joke. Oh, y'all y'all were supposed God. to laugh, please. I want to know what's the first thing that's going to go missing. Because remember when it was COVID, Missing? it was tissue paper. <laughs> oh, mm-mm. Like, what's going to disappear first? Probably guns. Don't, yeah. Oh, please. I think it'll be like Why? a mini purge first. I was hoping yeah, that it would be I'm food, thinking. but guns is actually more Guns is actually. Country. Yeah. That's a lot of sense. I don't want to experience that. Aisha, what's our next topic? Oh, um, the domesticity of women. Just kind of, you know, the whole gender roles. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like I've if somebody seen, over the age of like thirty-five listening to this, they might be like, "What? What? <laughs> this, this conversation? 
Yeah. Yeah. They're gonna be like, what are they talking about? Just listen. Just listen. You can go. Oh, um, my bad. But um I feel like being a stay at mom, uh, I'm so sorry. I feel like being a stay at home mom isn't really an option. Like it's there. But it's kind of like, you don't want that. And I feel like you're pushed to work. And, like, if you want to, that's fine. But I also feel like you should be okay and it should be acceptable for you to be like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I want to stay home with my kids. Like, that's not for everybody, but I still think the choices. Like, we push so hard to get to the point where we could work, or at least white women did. Yeah. Where it's like, out of school, that's what you're expected to be. Mm-hmm. You're expected to go to college, pursue a higher education, but that's not for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody. <laughs> I agree. I think especially with the way feminism was being pushed up until this point is we wanted to be on, like, equal footing. I also don't really like the way feminis- feminism is kind of changing its narrative. Before it was just equality, and now when you walk around and ask people what is feminism, they think it's women getting over on men or getting their get back. That's not what it yeah. is. It's yeah, us trying to have equal is. pay and be on equal footing. It's about equity. But um, I feel like that just comes from the misogynist um, response to It does, but I have noticed just the whole message you know, liberal feminism, it just it's just been changing in general. The it whole kill out men thing, like yeah. it's just been changing in general. People are serious about that? Yeah. Some people were serious. I thought they were just joking. But I feel like I get how angry women are because as a woman I am angry, but at the same time sometimes I feel like because I'm a woman and because I can influence so much due to the fact that I am a woman why not do that in a po- in the most positive way I can and not even for the angry black woman or trying to okay I don't want to be an angry black woman but just for my sake because I feel like I'm putting myself in harm's way when I'm being more angry than when I'm being more at peace mm-hmm. and at peace is not even for other people but for myself when I'm when I'm sad, I'm gonna go do what I need to go do in order to make me happy, and not just okay. I'm gonna take care of my responsibilities. Them responsibilities can wait sometimes. Sometimes them responsibilities can wait. I don't know. That's what I think. I think when you are a single mother, as most Black women tend to be, especially with darker skin tone, like mm. uh, statistically speaking, the lighter your skin is, the more likely you are to get married. The darker your skin is, the less likely you are. Actually, but <laughs> like I never thought about that though. Yeah, I was watching a um, Khadija Bo video and she was talking about it. I love her, <laughs> but <laughs> I think that when you are a single parent, it leaves a lot less room for taking care of yourself or just kind of mm-hmm. being more feminine. You have to be the mom, you have to be the dad, right. and then you have to take care of your children mm-hmm. and teach them how to yes be, be adults, yeah. be people. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. So it leaves them no room. I honestly agree. But from my experience from having a single mother, I actually enjoyed it for the most part because it's like I get to be with my mom. And it might be because I'm a woman and because my mom's a woman. But, well, for the most part, I enjoyed it. But, yeah, so it was like I did get to experience, like, watching my mom. But the only thing I didn't like was the struggle and was the, oh, my dad's around and my dad's a person, but where is my dad? And what is my dad doing? And how can he be helping me? And how can he be making my mom's life a little less stressful? And why don't he care? About making my mom life a little bit less stressful because I did come from you and this is your responsibility because you decided to lay it down in a bed with this person. I don't feel like as a 17-year-old I should have to, uh, what's, yeah, what am I going to do next? How am I going to get the money for, I, I shouldn't have to, I, I, I shouldn't have to. 
I mean, and it's good for you too, but at the same time, it's not. Girl, I was saying that to somebody. I said like traumas develop a lot of character. Traumas do. You learn stuff early and understand mm-hmm. certain things that can be good for you, but at the same time, it's harmful because it comes from a place of I didn't have a choice. Like yeah. I had to. Like pe- somebody can teach you that, but yeah. I had to, and that's where it gets sticky. Yeah, I look at it in a beautiful light, though, for the most part. I'm like, okay, I didn't have this, so let me work for it. So it does teach me that that whole I want to work for myself and I want to be independent. But at the same time, I don't know, I still have this hidden hatred for me. Uh, just, uh, I, I promise, a it's not bit. a it's lot. It's like resentment. Yeah, it's just yeah because, like, resentment. you ever talk to a man about, like, they just, oh, it's this easy. Y'all have it easy. Like, just that whole don't. statement. <laughs> I'm like, bro, come on. Yeah, the statement in itself is offensive simply because you don't know what it's like to be a woman and I don't know what it's like to be a man and as a human in in this this on this rock, wherever we are, as a human in general, life isn't easy. So you gotta stop playing the struggle limits. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad you said that. I'm tired of us acting trying to figure out who's the most oppressed. Yeah. I don't who's struggling the most. We all are, okay? (laughs) (laughs) We all are. Either like either on a cultural level or just like an individual level. We are all struggling. Mm -hmm. I wanna talk about like saying like the competition of like who has it the hardest in terms of like black women and black men in our community like it's this like competition of like who gets it worse first of all we're both black and both of our experiences are going to be slightly different because of our gender so black men like not all black men of course got to put that out there but (laughs) sometimes like being on instagram and like tiktok you see like these videos of these misogynist men oh yeah on on podcast like talking they stuff and it's just like Dude. What do you bring to the table? What are you talking about? You like, really think like that? <laughs> you most, think like that? The, sickening, the most sickening ones to me is like seeing the ones where black men are talking down on black women. And like he said, I just saw one recently. He said that like black men have it hard because of black women. Like we're the devil and we do this and we do that. And I'm just like, first of all, we're both experiencing oppression in this country. Yours just look different than mine. And let's not forget that when nobody supported black men, black women were there because I'm the only person close enough to understand your experience. That, that you right have. there. Right. That so right there. We've always been there for them from slavery, from segregation to now, like going from lynchings on trees to lynchings in the street. Like, But when stuff happens in the hospital, because that's where they get us at, the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. When we're yep. telling y'all they don't listen to us when we're giving birth, I'm in pain. Women die because they've had diseases that a white woman would have had checked out and started treating three months ago. Birth control. But they're not listening to... <laughs> tell you I'm saying I, I'm not even on birth control and I watch my female friends go through up and downs with their emotions and I'm like you as a woman you already gonna go through them ups and downs so the fact that you're on medication to prevent to to assist in a man to assist in a man his taking own care of yeah taking right. care of business like uh, my God look what God did <laughs> we do have to wrap up this episode though so I think that this was a wonderful note to end it on, especially what you were saying, Cameron. But I think that's it. I'm Aisha. I'm Ashaki. I'm Cam. I'm Talia. And that's all we have for this episode. Woo! Samba! Samba! Samba!